every call you get on, regardless of whether it's the topic or not, you know, turns to COVID-19. We were all struggling with what this meant, uh, you know, for the cath lab. No other profession is exposed to risk without their workplaces providing safe equipment. You think of firefighters and military and police. None of them would be expected to purchase their own equipment. If this is a problem that's going to be around for the next six months or a year, does that mean that science stops? No, of course it doesn't. You're listening to Heart Sounds, TCTMD's award-winning podcast hosted by Shelley Wood. Those are the voices of Frederick Welt of the University of Utah School of Medicine, Mamas Mamas of Kiel University in England, and Harriet Van Spall of PHRI in Hamilton, Canada. Like everyone else, they're talking about COVID-19. I'm Shelley Wood, and this is the Heart Sounds podcast for March 2020. I've worked as a medical journalist for two decades now, and I have always felt that my work was important, but also pretty parenthetical, even parasitical, to the real work being done in medicine and heart disease. I'm feeling this even more keenly this month when so many of you listeners and other physicians and colleagues I've known for years are heading into work at your hospitals under the weight of incredible uncertainty. You are making critical life and death decisions, often well outside the specialization you trained for, and you're doing so at your own personal risk. It's hard to imagine any of you even having time to listen to a podcast this month, and if you do, I have to hope it's something a heck of a lot more cheerful and distracting than this one. That said, the only thing I can do right now to feel like I'm contributing in some way as a journalist, not a physician, is to try to bring you information that helps. We're doing that at tctmd.com, and I'll try to do that here as well. Last week, a very tired Elida Kiafo spoke with me via Zoom from San Rafael Hospital in hard-hit Milan. She told me what the past weeks have been like and what her advice is for hospitals now bracing for the storm. This month's podcast, I'm giving entirely to this conversation with Kiafo. Can you start by just telling our listeners a little bit about what it's like? Obviously, all eyes have been on Italy for some time, but can you give us a sense of when the hospital stopped being your normal place of work and and kind of changed into this more desperate situation? It's been going on several weeks now, is that right? Yes, I mean, it was quite weird because I was at, at CRT, so I just landed at CRT in Washington, so it was end of February, I think 25, 25th of February, I was there, and they were starting to circulate the news regarding the first case in Milano region, it's not exactly Milano, it's a small village 40 kilometers from Milano, and so I was starting to say, okay, maybe, you know, something contained this small village. Then on the Sunday evening, I fly back to, to Milano and I landed on Monday and I went to the hospital, honestly, in three days. So I left on Friday and was back on Monday. The situation was completely different. So this came completely unexpected. I mean, we were not expecting at all in Italy to have all this. Also because uh, we were cancelling direct flight from China since, uh, I think, January or early February. So we were not expecting it at all. And uh, can you imagine leaving my country and Milano is uh, 
for whoever had the luck to visit the city. It's an international city, very alive. There is a lot of people from all over the world coming in the country and in this city and coming back on Monday in a completely different scenario. So anything changed, I would say, in two days. Yeah. And we started to have the feeling. I mean, I started when I was back in the hospital to have the feeling that something enormous was going to happen because they were starting to came cases to our, to our hospital because my hospital is part of a bigger property, it's San Donato Group, mm. and the owners decided from the beginning to take this personal. So I can tell you that one out of five patients in the region with this disease now are admitted in one of the hospitals from the group. So from the beginning, our hospital was a COVID-19 hospital. So we created a new intensive unit care in some days. And thanks to the donation of the private people, and that was amazing, uh, I think today we are going to uh, open a huge new intensive unit care that was built in one week on the playground of the soccer playground of the university. That's incredible. And this is amazing. That was amazing. It was uh, with the donation. Wow. Completed donation and initiative, by the way, was started by a female Instagram uh, influencer. Wow. Hmm. That was crazy. I mean, uh, I have to say something you would never expect, but that's how the scenario really rapidly developed. So I was back on Monday and I start to see all these signals, patient coming and new beds and new requests. And then in one week, anything completely changed and we were shut down. So on a Saturday evening, uh, our um, prime minister gave a speech on a national level saying that uh, the, the region of uh, Lombardy, which is the big region of Milano, was going to be isolated from the rest of the country. And some days after, all the Italy was declared as alert zone, and uh, we had uh, strong construction to our our everyday life. So yeah. it was highly recommended to do isolation. That, by the way, I think is the only way to go. And I think many countries are following suit now, but I think what they are wondering is how places like San Rafael, how did you manage the beds? How did you manage the ventilators? How much did you have in terms of personal protective equipment? Are you coping or has production stepped up? Tell us something about how that is going. Yeah, so from the beginning, it was started to dedicate some word to COVID patient clearly. That's how to say in Italy, nowadays, you are admitted in the hospital if you are COVID-19 positive and you have uh, respiratory constraint. It means that you need respiratory assistance. All the other COVID-19 are at home. I mean, if you just have fever, you are requested uh, uh, clearly, you are under medical uh, uh, monitor, but you are requested to stay home and to uh, be cured at home. At the present time, the hospital admitted only patients who have uh, respiratory uh, initial failure. So they need CPAP or uh, the small percentage that they need, uh, which is 10% uh, of the total, that they need to go to intensive unit care. 
So slowly the hospital was organized. Slowly is not slowly. I think in one week time the hospital had to completely reorganize wards. So they moved patients from uh, some wards to others in order to create wards dedicated to COVID-19. And then they started with intensive unit care. We are a huge hospital, so we were starting with uh, um, four intensive unit care. And one was completely dedicated to COVID. Then the second was dedicated to COVID, and now we have the third dedicated to COVID. All the elective procedures were significantly reduced. So, for example, in my unit, elective cases were reduced 80%. So, really, to patients that are symptomatic or, or having a, a positive stress tests to low effort. Indeed, uh, and that's another thing that the hospital organized, also being a COVID-19 hospital, so we have dedicated wards, dedicated emergency room. So there is the emergency room allocating only patients with suspected COVID-19, um, dedicated intensive unit care, and then uh, we were asked also to be the hub for all cardiovascular emergency. So the region had to completely reallocate and redistribute which were the hub, which were uh, the, the, the center referring patient. So at the, at the same time, we are referral center for COVID and we are referral center for cardiovascular emergency. But we had to redesign the part in the hospital. So we have two different um, spaces in emergency room. So there is one path just for uh, cardiovascular emergency that is away from the COVID path with dedicated personnel and the patient and the, the patient who is suspected to have an acute coronary syndrome, a stillivation MI, go directly to the CALAB. Clearly, we had to reorganize the CALAB. So we have one dedicated CALAB for a suspected COVID patient with acute coronary syndrome. And we are following the guidelines that our national society gave us. They came out with a document where they were describing which kind of protection we should add in the CALAB in this moment and with patients that are suspected or diagnosed COVID-19. Okay. So we have a specific checklist that we have to do to follow, which is quite restrictive. And you have enough equipment then for that? You have enough? I mean, people, there's a real shortage of masks, for example, but you have um, sufficient yeah, supplies? I mean, that's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, the problem was also think to build uh, two intensive unit care, this huge intensive unit care in a moment that, as you know, or you may know, uh, uh, I mean, the country is not producing all of these equipment so they have to come from other countries in Europe and uh, there was also this fact that some of the masks, masks were blocked at the borders uh, clearly uh, there is a problem so we are needing for more equipment we are needing for masks we are needing for ventilators we are needing for CPAP uh, but at the present time, I think we are in equilibrium, still in equilibrium. But this because this is a big hospital with very, it's a private uh, public hospital. It's a private hospital where people can come being uh, reimbursed by the state. Okay. And the fact that we were able to do this massive funding from uh, 
uh, individuals. The private sector. So there are other hospitals in the region that are not so lucky. So there's many hospitals um, in other parts of the world, of course, who are now just getting the beginning of the wave that you're already experiencing. What would be your advice for your colleagues, especially in cardiovascular medicine? I believe this happened in, in um, your hospital as well, that all physicians in other fields were asked if they would volunteer to help yeah. with COVID patients. I remember you telling me that. So your advice to physicians, cardiologists and beyond, who are in this time, you know, just at the beginning of what you've already been through, what would you tell them? First of all, more than physician, I would uh, say to the administration to think to redesign the structure a little bit before. I mean, in the sense that in the COVID area, you need really to redefine who are going to be hospital for COVID and not an hospital for non-COVID patients, because it's important they are away from the other patient, and then to understand who is going to be the hub center and all the peripheral centers, they should refer to the hub center. Mm. So first is an administrative thing, so is organization. Then for colleagues, pay attention clearly. Pay attention because this is very contagious. Wear masks in the hospital, honestly wearing gloves and uh, away from the hospital taking the same uh, attention i mean whoever is not really working for anything that is uh, in this emergency honestly i think should stay home they should stay home yeah doctors who cannot stay home so we are in front line but we have to pay a lot of attention and reorganize our hospital ask to our administration to have all the safety equipment because I can tell you that 10% of the positive patients are healthcare providers in Italy. I was going to ask if you yourself have colleagues who have fallen ill. It's a 10%. I mean, the statistics from yesterday said to us that 10% of all COVID-19 positive are healthcare providers, which is not only doctors. Yeah. It can be nurses, whoever is working. Clearly, we don't know if this is biased by the fact that in Italy, at least um, in my hospital, if you have any symptoms, and uh, not only fever, but you have fever and you have respiratory symptoms, you are asked to be in quarantine, and after the quarantine, you have to do the test. So the number of tests and physicians maybe is higher than in the general population. Right. Do you have enough? uh, That's another issue, though. Do you have enough tests? No. I mean, in Italy, it's not, not anybody's tested. It's tested only. Healthcare providers, if they have symptoms and they have to go back to work, because clearly you have to be sure they are not positive, because if an healthcare provider is positive, then clearly it can be contagious for the patient. And only in case of patient with high fever and symptoms and they ask for uh, be tested or if they had contact, but the general population are not tested at the present time. Uh, there is a problem of shortage of kit, but also the possibility to analyze all these tests, I think. Right, just the sheer volume. I really appreciate how much you've told me here, and I think I could keep you on the phone, but I appreciate you have much more important things to do. Can you just tell me how you and your colleagues are holding up emotionally? I'm imagining it just must be beyond stressful. Are, are you getting any sleep? <laughs> Oh, yes. I mean, we are lucky because we are not 
phone line. I mean, less lucky are my colleagues, for example, working in a peripheral hospital. I just talk with one of my prior fellow. She is uh, in a small hospital and she is an interventional cardiologist, but she was asked to be in the world and in intensive unit care with the COVID-19 patient. And that's really to be frontline because clearly you are going to see things that is not usually your work if you're an interventional cardiologist. So I think the most stressed are on the smallest hospital where most of us are asked to, to help also in the caring of this patient. Being an interventional cardiologist in a big center up for emergency, cardiovascular emergency, I'm lucky enough to keep doing my work. So I'm doing still primary PCI clearly in a different context. In a different mm-hmm. context because I need protection that I was not using in prior times, even three weeks ago. And clearly all this lockdown and then there is something else. I do think that since you are an healthcare provider and you have this estimated risk to be positive, uh, clearly you have to stay away from your family members. That's another thing that we are going to do. Yeah, which of course is also very stressful. I really thank you for everything you're doing and also for for telling me about it today. I I just think it's such an extraordinary situation. It's hard to even ask you to help me with this podcast, but I appreciate you taking the time. No, but I think if uh, we can share experience and from I mean, this disaster that we are having now in Milano, in Bergamo, Brescia, is really, I mean, uh, something that you cannot believe even if you see, honestly. It's hard to believe uh, in 2020 to have these kind of things I've never imagined and expected. I think that if we can share experience, and from our experience, other people can learn, at least uh, all these uh, sufferance that we are seeing is worth something. Thank you so much for telling me about it. And You're you, welcome. You stay safe. Okay, sure. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for the Heart Sounds podcast this month. The audio clips you heard at the top of the program all come from our other COVID-19 coverage in recent days and weeks. Dr. Welt spoke with Caitlin Cox about a joint statement released by the ACC and Sky, offering some advice for how this outbreak will affect the cath lab. Both Dr. Mamas and Dr. Van Spall spoke with Todd Neal for two separate stories Todd worked on recently. The first was on the need for medical education to come up with more digital options in this day and age. The other on the dearth of personal protection equipment affecting many hospitals trying to cope with COVID-19 patients. You can find these stories and all of our other coverage of this topic on a COVID-19 hub we've created on TCTMD. You can find that via the callout at the top right-hand corner of our homepage or by navigating to tctmd.com COVID-19. Of course, speaking of digital education, we have the ACC 2020 virtual meeting kicking off in just a few days. The whole TCTMD team will be reporting on the virtual late breakers and other news from the comfort of our own homes, and indeed our other coverage of ACC content that was pre-released is already rolling out. Find all of it under the Conferences tab on TCTMD. I myself am halfway through a two-week self-quarantine after traveling abroad and I'm working from home, overthinking every tiny tickle in my throat. 
I can only imagine what it must be like for healthcare workers and hospital staff heading into work each day. I'm hugely grateful to everyone on the front lines, as well as the grocery stores and the truckers and the IT service providers and everyone else helping the rest of us get through this time. Stay safe, folks. Stay home if you're not needed out there. And thanks for listening to Heart Sounds. Love listening to Heart Sounds? Check out all new original series from TCTMD featuring Rock's Heart Radio with Dr. Roxanne Moran and Talking Points with Dr. C. Michael Gibson. These episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud.